Hey everybody, this is Fede Alvarez, wishing all the listeners of the Perfect Organist podcast a happy Alien Day. When they first heard about this thing, it was crew expendable. The next time they sent in Marines, they were expendable too. What makes you think they're going to care about a bunch of lifers who found God at the ass end of space? You really think they're going to let you interfere with their plans for this thing? They think we're... we're crud. And they don't give a fuck about one friend of yours that's... that's died. Not one. I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. Let's fight it. Fuck it. Let's go for it. You're listening to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Patrick Green, as well as... And Maj. And Xander. Thanks for being on, Xander. And we are here today, this Alien Day, to celebrate, via commentary, the assembly cut of Alien 3, which I haven't seen a lot of. So this is a new thing for us. Uh, we talk about the theatrical cut quite a bit, and we felt like in the 30th anniversary year of Alien 3, it was time to sit down and watch this film together. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Christian and Andy and Perry, they could not be here today. They really wanted to be here, so they are with us in spirit. And uh, yeah, we're we're gonna do this. Are you? What do you? Are you guys excited about this or what? Yeah, you know, I'm so unexcited right now. I'm, of course, I'm excited. It's fucking Alien Three. It's the assembly cut, which is my lesser favorite of the two, but one that I still really love for many reasons that I'm sure we'll get to tonight. But you know, not the least of which, we get a lot more time in Fury One Six One. We get a lot more of kind of Ripley's. You know, what's going on in her headspace? I think we get obviously different birth sequences. There's a lot of interesting differences between the two cuts. Supposedly, this is closer to Fincher's vision. So, you know, I think that'll be fun to talk about as well. Um, and I think that, you know, again, this is an Alien Day product that we're putting out there for people. So we hope you're having a great Alien Day. One thing I will say before I pass it off to Maj and then we get going is that uh, if you are currently wondering if you're supposed to have the movie playing yet, you're okay. You're not supposed to be playing the movie yet. This is just pre-roll. We're going to make it super clear, just like we do every year on these commentaries. You will know when to start the movie. We're going to go right from the very opening fanfare from the beginning of the film. And I'm sure Jamie will do it. He'll give you a nice countdown so you can start it right at the right spot. And uh, that way we'll be queued up because this is going to be some hard-hitting journalism tonight, ladies and gents. And you don't want to miss any of it. Mash, how are you feeling about this? I'm excited too, especially because it's... Uh, so for a while, I also subscribe to the sort of popular wisdom that this was the superior cut because it has more stuff in it and it's a little more um coherent as far as some people think but recently i watched the theatrical cut and i've become a convert i like the theatrical cut more but i want but i'm excited to get into all that with you guys and there's so much That's in this there's so much in in this that we're not used to there's extra scenes extra cuts different takes it's a lot it's it's a lot there's a lot there that i feel like we're going to be able to talk about which is great by the way uh xander says that he only thought we talked about alien and aliens what uh and he's got some johnny walker with him so 
Enjoy <laughs> that. Cheers. Xander's going to be getting drunk in the background. Uh, you know, also, I, I, this is maybe a good uh, moment to let people know that we have secured an interview with the actor who plays Reigns in this movie. So as you're watching this today, uh, keep an eye out for him. He's a really good actor. He's popular on the show. What's his name? I said Tanay. As you're watching Tanay. <laughs> what did I say Tanay? Yeah. Oh, great. This, this is as, as I'm saying, I'm literally not drinking alcohol right now. Um, but no, I, I think that's going to be really fun. A lot of great Alien 3 content to come. I had something else to say, but it probably was not important. So I think we should get rolling. Okay, so I'm going to press play, and there's going to be a three second delay to the Fox fanfare. So I'm about to press play in three, two, one. I've already said this elsewhere, but this, for the theatrical cut, was the first time that a composer was given the rights to change Alfred Newman's theme. Ellie Goldenthal really lobbied hard for that, and that's why they hold it on that leading tone, which is really cool. And that's the same, obviously, for both versions of the movie. And if you have the special edition soundtrack, you can hear them playing with that opening um, on a couple separate extra tracks. It's really great. La La Land, baby. Yep. I, I was going to ask if that was the first time that was done because it's such a, it, you're so not expecting it. We all know that fanfare so well. And it's like, oh no, what? It sets such a tone. Sorry, so Jamie. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, I love the opening and the, those bells you hear, those whatever sounds you're hearing in the, in the vastness of space in this score. Just perfect. And I also love how even the establishing shots of outer space are yellow and brown. I love how like that yeah. color palette is so deeply sewn. That's one of my favorite facehugger shots in the history yeah. of all facehugger shots too. Mm. Actually, when we were working on our logo uh, years ago, I, I screen grabbed that moment and tried to like digitally trace it with the PO underneath it. Cause I just love that Did you? perspective. Yeah, it, that. it came out like shit though. That's why we didn't use it. Christopher John Fields, Holt McCallany. Come, coming on this show. I like what I love about these shots. It reminds me of the interior of the Nostromo. Just, it just reminds Definitely. me of that, of that feet of that ship. Spaces interrupted. Fire, Fire in cryogenic. I always repeat that even when I'm hearing the score. It took Giger a long time and he fought to get his name on this film because originally it wasn't he was not in the credits. Is he credited in, in the theatrical cut? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it didn't happen right away. The great Terry Rawlings. Love that shot. Kind of a bit of a foreshadowing of what's to come. Not that I'm a big fan of foreshadowing, but just the way the fire comes up. 
this is controversial, this whole sequence, because the cryotubes that they're in are not the cryotubes they're in in the Sulaka. So yeah, it was a complete a, redesign. A little continuity error there. Purposeful, maybe. It seems purposeful. It's very weird that they would change it. I would absolutely love to get Vincent Ward on the show. Oh my God. Yes. I would just love to hear what the hell was going on with his new change and with all these things that he brought to the script. It's just like so out of left field that it'd be cool to hear some of the reasons why he, you know, outside of just he wanted to get rid of the characters. Like it'd be cool to hear some of the deeper reasons behind what he was thinking. One thing the assembly cut does that people who might be seeing it for the first time, I guess if you're seeing it for the first time, probably turn the commentary off so you can get the full experience. But something that you really notice is that the entire first, you know, quarter of the film is much more drawn out. There's a lot more going yes. on before we get to, you know, the monster. And, uh, and you know, we've already seen some of it. We're about to see quite a bit more. A lot of these shots of Fury 161 that are for set, for example. Also, Ripley on the beach. That's something very different. Yeah, this whole scene right here is not Yeah, even this whole thing. Theatrical. I just remember the original trailer where the sun burns cold. <laughs> in a world. He says that in a world where the sun burns cold. There was like a four or five year period where I think there was some contractual stipulation that every trailer needed to say that. It was yeah. a great shot. I love that overcoat. Yeah, it's a fucking dope coat. And I love how dirty everyone is. That's one of the things I love about Fincher is he just his he gets his actors dirty like it's lived in. It's authentic, even in this setting. There she is. Which is a change, of course, from the theatrical. They find her in the ship, in the EEV. Yeah, it's completely different. Covered with lice, right? So there we get a little bit of the lice, uh, you know, literally shown here. Which is interesting because in the theatrical cut, when they talk about lice, you have to kind of take them at their word, you know, and assume that they weren't just shaving her head because they wanted to, like, shave her head. That's a lot of but, fucking uh, lice. Yeah. Gotta get, gotta hand it to her for someone who didn't want to do another alien movie to get covered in, in black paint and lice. Well, actually, the, that was a, um, a full scale, dummy. That isn't there. Oh. What, what he's carrying, what he finds on the beach, that is not her. Oh wow! Yeah. That rains. Is that Christopher? And EVs come down. Get down to the beach. There may be others. No! Does raise some questions. I mean, did she swim? She was unconscious. But, you know. Talk to me. And that actually is from the ward script, because in the ward script, she lands in a, in like a, uh, like a water embankment on the top of the planet. And she washes up on the beach and they find her. 
Ah, oh, the music here is so fucking good. And this is all straight from the word script, too. They all come down to the beachfront. Love this. Love the ox. There's the iris. That's the trivia yeah. question from I was uh, thinking that myself. years ago. Yeah. That was when we had the 10,000 follower giveaway. And then a year later, we had 10,000 more. Isn't that crazy? It took me like, took us like four years to get 10,000 and then a year to get 10,000 more. Yeah. Jeez, they just mess him up. even though Fincher wasn't, I think, too involved in this cut either, that this shot of, uh, is it Andrews uh, typing in the screen? I think that's probably the one Fincher would have gone with, a little more visual than the one in the theatrical cut. What's unfortunate is that, you know, they switched from the ox to the dog because the ox were hard to work with and so they weren't satisfied with the footage they got so but, but because of that they had to scrap any bit of footage that had the oxen in it mm. which is which is sucks because that, that, that was a great shot right there right they could have um, shown both that's weird yeah but they just didn't you know they just they excised all that and then they had to shoot all the new dog sequences so that's fat they inserted all of those moments into the theatrical cut of the movie but again, yeah, it's a weird decision. Like, why couldn't they have both? Why couldn't there be more than one species of non-human animal? Together, come on, right? Right, here we go, Mr. Dillon. Give us strength, O Lord, to endure. We recognize that we are poor sinners in the hands of an angry God. Let the circle be unbroken until the day. Amen. Amen. Now, Jamie, when did you finally get around to seeing this one? This cut? Oh, four years ago, maybe. This is mm. Luma Control. Here are the facts. As some of you know, a 337 model EEV... So you didn't watch it when the quadrilogy came out? No, I really... On the morning watch. It's hard for me to watch extended editions sometimes, certainly of mm -hmm. films that I love, because I, I, the theatrical is so perfect to me, I don't need more, you know? So it was hard for me to be like, okay, let's do that. I just want to say that I've taken a vow of celibacy that also includes women. We've all taken a vow! I'd like to say that I, for one, do not appreciate company policy allowing her to freely intermingle with inmates and the rest of the staff. What brother means to say is we view the presence of any outsider 
especially a woman. It's a violation of the harmony, a potential break in the spiritual unity. We are well aware of your feelings. Fincher loves matter. putting you that camera underneath his actors. I have requested a rescue team. Hopefully they will be here inside of a week oh, and evacuate her ASAP. What's her medical status? She doesn't seem too badly damaged. She's unconscious. Can't give you a more specific diagnosis at the moment. Will she live? I would think so. Look, it's in everybody's interest. The woman doesn't come out of the infirmary until the rescue team arrives. And certainly not with... It was pretty cool to see Charles Dance in Mank. After all these years, he's in Fincher's yeah. first and then his most recent. Yeah. I didn't know he was in that. And he's wonderful in both of them. Yeah, he has... Pretty good. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Gallic has like so much more screen time in this cut of the film. Oh yeah. Like so much more screen time. And Paul McGann is an awesome actor, so I'm glad he is, and he went on to so much. Yeah, but just like throughout the movie, he's peppered in a lot more, and then he has this whole other side plot that we get in a little bit. But that's something that I really like about this cut, actually. Hmm. It's just a little cocktail of my own mix. Sort of eye of Doctor? My name is Clemens. I'm the chief medical officer here. Here. Fury 161. It's one of Whalen Utani's backwater work prisoners. It grieves me to say. Yeah, Xander in the chat is pointing out that the cinematography is really great and it shows everyone's power status in the prison. And that's exactly right. We get that heroic framing of Charles S. Dutton mm -hmm. and Andrews. And uh, and then the rest of the prisoners we see sort of askew or in the corner of the frames. It's mm -hmm. very deliberate. Absolutely. And that, that low angle really shows all the sort of vertical architecture of that room. Yeah, they get a lot out of that set. Mm -hmm. Any idea how long you've been hypersleep? coming out the way you did can be quite a joke to assist I, I must say for when i saw this when i was younger and a little later i guess in like my early 20s the commitment they make to the sort of uh the golden brown color palette was so like oppressive to me it's such a it's it, i mean it's such a this is like impeccable photography and at the same time it was so it's such a tough place to live in you just want to like get out of it but now now i definitely Given the nature Appreciate of the population, I would suggest clothes. Yeah, I, I, I just love it, but I, I can see why people have issues with that. Yeah, I love it too. What I love about this is Beautiful. it's absolutely timeless. This doesn't seem like a film shot in the 90s. I don't know where. That's a lot of shot. Yep. Just briefly yeah. for people who might have, depending on what order we release this on Alien Day, on, on our Alien 3 roundtable, I mentioned a moment when Clemens opens a locker and talks to the camera. And that was that moment that I was talking about. Sorry, Jamie, go ahead. No worries. I was just saying how timeless the film looks in terms of the cinematography and everything it just it doesn't feel like it was shot in the 90s you can't really tell when this movie was made aside from the some of the effects composite effects later on mm -hmm. i, I agree anything, with you the, mostly go yeah. ahead match no all i was going to say is that the 
the tactile sets and all the production design being so, uh, you know, CGI free might be the only thing that really gives it away. Mm -hmm. To me, the thing that gives it away most that it's of its time is Wreckage and Rape, that sequence. Because musically, I think it, it sounds very early 90s to me because yes. it has like yeah. the electric guitars, but also the way it's shot, like when Holt McCallany puts like the goggles on, it feels like a Nine Inch Nails music video. Very music video. Makes sense because that's like what he was making, right? That's the only part to me that feels sort of out of place. Xander in the chat is pointing out the EEV design. I agree. It's it's really it's a beautiful piece of production design. And just a second ago, that tracking shot as we go behind them, just looking down at this thing getting lowered is so impressive. And you know, it is it is timeless in its way. It is also like movies don't kind of kind of don't look like this as much anymore because of the camera technology and the way lights are implemented now. There's a lot of, like look at this hard light on her face. Like people still do that, but I feel like there's a lot of very soft light nowadays. A lot of washed out colors. This is very yeah. It's all digital in the you know in the early '90s, the film stocks and everything just. Yeah, it's it's very classically lit. A lot of like edge light, and it's all so so pretty. By I believe Jordan Cronenworth, who's the son of the other Cronenworth who did uh, Blade Runner. Jordan, Jordan, so, Jordan Cronenworth is, yeah. is the dad. Is there Jordan Cronenworth okay. shot Blade Runner. Fincher wanted him for this. He was on it for maybe two weeks or so. But I think he had health problems, actually, and he had to get taken off. So then he got Alex Thompson to shoot this, who actually, it's funny because Blade Runner is Ridley Scott's uh, third film. And then Legend, his fourth film, was shot by Alex Thompson, who shot this. I thought Cronin with Son stepped in for this. No, he was on set with him. but uh, And I think that's when he made the connection with Fincher. And then he would shoot uh, Fight Club and Gone Girl. Got it. Um, and Jordan Cronenworth, of course, had a degenerative disease. I think he had Parkinson's disease. Is that right? I believe so. And, and that was something that was affecting him, you know, years before this. But by this point, it really was it was really hard for him to be on the set. I've never noticed those fl flowers, those little flowers in the. Yeah, I have before. Yeah, they're very interesting. It's very annihilation to me. Just cold yeah. and harsh, but beautiful, you know. That shot right there of Newt, it looks just like Carrie Han for that split second. Mm. Yeah, it does. And this is, of course, we always point out when we talk about the movie, the, it's just the lighting is so incredibly opposite to the rest of the film. And it's, mm -hmm. it's so shockingly icy, white and icy. Yeah. Unforgiving. And that's the yeah. thing with, with film, you know, you're talking very uh, eloquently about that match. Part of why film works so much better for this is because you get a much greater depth of contrast between light and dark. And so, you know, and this is a wonderful example of that, right? The movie is all of a sudden almost like too bright. It feels hard to look at. And then yet most of the movie is so dark, there's still these gradations of light within it. This scene is so, I, I don't feel like we, I think we need, I feel like we need an, an episode talking about this scene by itself, just Ripley meeting Newt again on a slab and how profound and horrible it is yeah. as as her as ripley the character and as us the audience this is yeah this, this is, is just gut-wrenching yeah it's uncomfortable every time it's funny because we think about alien 3 as a film that killed off newton hicks and of course it did but newton hicks are very much in this film too 
Okay. No. We have to do an autopsy. What? I told you. We have to make sure how she died. And I told you. She drowned. I'm not so sure. I... I have to see inside of her. You're disorientated. Half your system still I have a very, sleep. very good reason. Well, perhaps you'd like to share that reason. Possible contagion. What kind, exactly? <sighs> Cholera. Cholera? There hasn't been a case of cholera reported for 200 years. Maybe there's not much point in comparing the performances, but I really think this might be her, her like her shining achievement in the series, like this movie. She's and it's unbelievable. So sad because it's so it's so forgotten. I mean, yes, we love it, we talk about it, but mm. in terms of you know, like the big outlets, the the people who record history, they don't talk about her performance in this movie because it didn't make any money and it's it's looked upon as not a successful film. So it's it's just looked over and that's really unfortunate and i do think a lot of it has to do with fincher and how vocally and immediately he disowned it and how he went on to become very successful and it became like thought of as such a black sheep in his filmography which which i i don't think it is at all i think it's, it's if anything an early indication of how great he is but that's not what other people think i hope he comes back to this someday just not in terms of like oh let me re-edit this or whatever but like just come back to it. Say, you know what? I'm going to talk about this film. It's time. I'd give anything for him to just like 15 minutes talking about it. He just yes. like, he yeah. totally shuts it down. I mean, it's such a touchy subject. I hear interviewers sometimes try and bring it up with him and they have to sort of dance around even they, they won't really say the words alien three. They'll just say, you know, early in your career, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, he, he really does act like he has PTSD to some degree, but he, he might. I mean, he, he felt like this was genuinely traumatic for him. And I guess it really set him on a path to his, his whole attitude and approach to filmmaking and dealing with uh, studios and, and making uh, movies on other people's dimes and, and dealing with uh, input from other uh, from outside forces. Idiot. Would you like to tell me what we're really looking for? They almost look like they're wearing pajamas. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking that. A very soft little sweater. The pants have a weird fit to them. I don't yeah. You've met Lieutenant Ripley. Or like thermals, you know. Yeah. What's going on, Mr. Clemens? That's space cardigan. First, the Lieutenant is feeling much better. I'm happy to say. Second, in the interest of public health, I am performing an autopsy. Without my authority. Well, there didn't seem to be time. But it's turned out all right. There's no sign of contagion in the body. Good. But it might be helpful if Lieutenant Ripley didn't parade around in front of the prisoners, as I am told she did in the last hour. It might also be helpful if you kept me... Something I want to learn more about is how this film was received and perceived overseas. Because I think more than anything, it cla the, you know, maybe a reason it was quote-unquote unsuccessful is it clashes with, uh, of course, 
what it did with the with the story, but also with American sensibilities, because another sort of cinematographer connection, Darius Kanji, who shot Alien Resurrection, and he would shoot uh, Seven for Fincher, of course, and lots of other stuff. Um, what's the one you love, Jamie? Um, uh, uh, City of the City of Lost Children. Children. Yeah. He shot that, I believe, and um, Delicatessen, I believe, as well. Yeah, and in an interview. Um, he, he, I heard him say that uh, in France and in Europe, people were really impressed and loved this movie. And he was like, well, you know, I know, you know, some people might think, not think of that as a great movie, but that was a movie that really excited us. And they have a different sort of cinematic history, I think. These shots here, the cut between Andrews and Ripley, where she's filmed up and he's filmed kind of straight on. Again, that power giving she's the one with the knowledge. But her, I think it's what's interesting about Ripley in these scenes when she's first meeting these people is she's kind of demure, just a little bit. Her head's down a little bit like she's, I don't know what's going on in her head. I mean, certainly grief and there's a lot going on, but her body language is very interesting. But what's also important to note is physiologically, she's still partly in hypersleep, right? Yes. And Clemens says that, but also, I mean, you can tell like she's acting disoriented and she's acting kind of sluggish in some ways. And mm -hmm. there's, but again, it's such a finely tuned performance from Sigourney yes. Weaver because she can communicate that she is in emotional distress. Of course, this is all unique to this kind of the film for every average But she also has this emotion of distress in the context of being semi-incapacitated. such a complicated thing to pull off. Her performance is so beautiful. And it's like she hasn't even had a moment to to, to regain her strength. She has no reason. She's just taking in all this new information and it's all bad. What do you mean? If I got the chance, you know? Darius Kanji uh, also did Lysi's story, the Stephen King adaptation that came out last yes. year. I stopped watching that, but yeah, I stopped watching it too. I, I, I like left too much, and I was like, yeah, hang on, I think I'm done. Yeah. But I was immediately like, I bet Darius Kanji did the cinematography on this because it looks so beautiful. Was it a show or a feature? It's a show. It's a miniseries on Apple TV with Samuel Jackson and no, no, with <laughs> Clive Owen and Julianne Moore. But Sam Jackson's probably in it. He's in everything. She goes to, no, Sam Jackson is in Lysi's story. Does he, he eventually yes. come into it? Yeah. Because she goes to town or whatever, and then he eventually drives out to her house. And they're oh, very combative. Oh, you're right. You're right. They're also in the other room together. I love all this. Even though I'm not a fan of this edit, I love all this extra stuff. It feels like I'm watching a new movie. I think that's why this cut is so wonderful is, is because it's just more time with, with this material. It's more time in, in this world. Yeah. Yeah. And look at this, this set. Like, this looks like something out of, uh, God, I don't even know. So, some like great video game nowadays that you would just like explore these sort of creepy cavernous rooms. That wherever they were in that place with the ox, it had a very Art Nouveau feel too. Yeah. yeah. It had a very, it didn't have like this spacey, you know what I mean? That kind of cheesy space age. It looks, it looks weird. It looks like out of place, but probably intentionally so because it's like a. But it looks, garage. but it makes it look in place though, don't you think? Like I feel yeah. like when they tie it to real world design, it makes it more authentic. 
Yeah, it, look, it looks like it was, you know, from a different uh, era, but it was from like an earlier incarnation of that. Mm -hmm. It is interesting how much the end mirrors the beginning. Yeah, Xander points out the uh, the use of miniatures in the movie, and that here we go. There's that setting yeah, we were just talking. Yeah. Like, look at how crazy that looks. Gorgeous. Yeah, Art, Art Deco actually. It's beautiful. That light um, punching through that window. But also, uh, Xander pointed out how Fincher worked with Fox again for Wait, Fight Club, of course. Yep. This child, and this which is interesting, and Paul McCallany also in it. I also believe um, Fox produced. Seven as well. A lot of movies he worked on with Fox after that. Yes. They have been released from all People complain about these shots. I oh what fucking gorgeous and no. beautiful. Yo, no, no, a lot of people complain about these, these mosaic overlay sequences like this. Oh. I, I think that it's it's just brilliant. Beautiful. I think it's funny with the ox, like it's clear someone's over there just moving it around. You know? <laughs> like, if it was like, going to be chest bursted, it wouldn't be moving. Like, I, I don't know. It's just. Funny. I got to say, though, I think it, it's both the dog and the ox are such successful effects. For a while, I liked the ox better, but now I just, I'd say I like them about equally. I think I like the dog better. The ox looked fake to me. Mm. Well, the actual birth sequence, I believe, is the same in both cuts of the movie when the alien actually comes out. Why the second? I'm going to watch for that. There, there's one shot, I think, that we see it run out of the room that isn't in the theatrical the cut, but I may be yeah. wrong. That I, that I thought worked, like, incredibly. Any promises. Nothing certain. Only that Chills every single time this part of the movie happens. Some get safe. She won't ever know the hardship and grief for those of us left behind. We commit these bodies to the void with a glad heart. This part of the score is just cut-wretchingly beautiful. There was a promise of a flower. That yeah, was that was it, but the right yeah. right before that wasn't right. But that and that when it comes no out like that, it's the yeah. same shot. How small? There's always a new life, a new beginning. This, this shot coming up of the second time. This always gets me. It still sickens me. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. This right here, I think that's digital. I I don't no, think so. That's the rod puppet. It, but I don't know how puppet. the hell they did it, because the composition looks great. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I don't like how big it is, but whatever. Mm. That's what she said. <laughs> so Sigourney Weaver's daughter was two. When she filmed this, and that when her daughter was on set, she wore a wig so she wouldn't see. <laughs> Isn't that so sweet? Barely too, yeah. Because I think production was pushed because she was pregnant when they started like really yeah. rolling on the film. Yeah. Wow. I just love these shots. I love 
how patient the camera is. And I love that we can see Ripley in the shower and it's not sexualized. It's yeah. not, it's not a male gaze, even She's though a, it's relief. You know. Yep. Oh, Pete Pulsethwaite, there he is. Is it Pulsethwaite or Pulsethwaite? I think it's, I don't know. I do know he won um, a posthumous Academy Award for his role in In the Name of the Father with Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, that's just a great saw. movie. So great. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to interview Paul again. He would be a great person to have on the show. There's a lot of talk going around. As far as I know, he does not, uh, you know, have negative feelings about this movie. What the problem is? Come on, speak to me, brothers. I don't mind the dark. I don't mind the bugs. I don't mind wandering around in some cold, wet, damp tunnel for a week at a time. I don't mind anything. But I mind garlic. Is that the way you feel about it? Yeah. The guy's crazy and he smells bad. <laughs> I ain't going out with him anymore. It's a tough combo. He looks so heartbroken. They should call this the yeah, fucking garlic cut. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> He has so much more screen time in this version. Well, going with you. Garlic is just another. And he has an impact on the story. Just like you and me. Except he's yeah. worse. And he's crazy. Not and he's also, he kind of shit. prefigures the doctor character in Alien Resurrection. Got a job to do. <laughs> I don't want to hear another word. Whose name I can't think of right now. The guy that plays the voice of Chucky. What the hell is his name? Brad Dourif. Yeah, Brad Dourif. Thank you. I love all the graffiti on the walls. It's just so lived in. It's so real. I don't think I noticed that graffiti until now. The continuity is great between the cuts, the hand, just everything. Sometimes with lesser filmmakers, you just, it's the continuity is always all off. Orange juice. And this is just so restrained. It's just all these looks, all these. Mm -hmm. And your mind just goes everywhere. It's just so much tension. So one of those guys seated, seated was in Quadrophenia, which I was just watching. A lot of these guys were in Quadrophenia. friends would appreciate yeah well you don't want to know me lady i'm a murderer and rapist of women really well, i guess that must make you nervous Do you have any faith, sister? Not much. Well, we've got a lot of faith here. 
Enough even for you. I thought women weren't allowed. Well, we've never had any before. But we tolerate anybody. Even the intolerable. That's just a statement of principle, nothing personal. You see, we've, we've got a good place to wait here. And until now, no temptation. What are you waiting for? <laughs> are we waiting for God to return and raise his servants to redemption? Dylan Lamb, the rest of the alternative people, embraced religion, as it were, about five years ago. Tincture? I'm on medication. Hardly. What kind of religion? Some sort of apocalyptic millenarian Christian... These shots, man. Star. Right. Exactly. What's going on aside, on the side from them, in front of them, in this shot is just incredible. Looks like they're in an elevator shaft or something. To remain as custodians with two minders and a medical officer. Yeah, these type of shots accomplish so much. It's like three in one. It has a beginning, middle, and end, and it shows off the set. And it's and it's all you know, obviously in camera, which is that like that's a shot that would have one thousand percent been done digitally ten years later. But this, that looks like it was a crane assembly that did that and lifted it all the way down mm -hmm. that elevator shaft mm -hmm. with a ring focus, keeping it perfectly, perfectly in the center of the frame. So it's not fuzzy as it even as it changes elevation. That's like, it's like very technical filmmaking. Absolutely. And this movie is full of that, you know, very hard shots to get lit, very difficult. And briefed you on the humdrum history of Fury 161. Can you not Fincher would go on and do more of this with panic room do you guys remember all those shots coming off the yeah, balcony a lot of shots down. the house yeah a lot of that was digital though um, yes so like it was cutting edge for the time absolutely but that was about 10 years like. that was like 10 years after this right yeah i saw panic room with fincher at a um a what do you call those screenings when they get people's opinion at a focus focus group screening oh really oh yeah and I, at the end, I was like writing all my notes down and I did not like the film at all. Um, <laughs> but he was like right next to me, kind of, when I was writing this. Oh, I was too shy to even say, hi, Mr. Fritt, you know. So gross. It's interesting that like, well, Ridley Scott, I guess, was around 40 by the time he made Alien. But I think James Cameron and... Well, Fincher was, I believe, 29 when he made this. And uh, James Cameron, I think, was only like 31, 32. 32. Yeah. 32. So they're all kind of hovering. 42 when he made Alien. <laughs> Ridley was 42. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm not sure how old Jean-Pierre Junet was. But and then, you know, we would get older, elder Ridley making the prequels. And I wonder, you know, you can see the Mikey. sort of young man's enthusiasm and sort of desire to prove himself in these movies. What are you doing? Oh my god, I love this. 
the music there with the alien theme. Uh, the first one. So when Goldenthal, uh, and we did a whole episode on this, so this might be somewhat competitive. When Goldenthal sought to make the, the music of the alien, uh, he used extremely bizarre timbres from the instruments that he was playing, that he was mm. having the instrumentalist play. So if you listen closely, you hear there's a horn there that was playing like a subharmonic going like super low. And then you have these strings that are playing as about as high as they can play. Um, the idea being that it's like, it's inconceivable that it sounds like something in, you know, mm. not of this world, but with instruments of this world, because at the end of the day, the alien of course is made out of, you know, similar things to what all life is made out of, but there's something completely other about it. I think that's what he was trying to capture with that music. Love that. He nailed it. And the choice to have it be upside down and kind of writhing and you can't quite yes. even tell what it is. Oh, that's one of my favorite alien shots in the whole franchise. I just want to Fully agree. And now that I'm in your cot, you think I owe you an answer? I think you owe me an answer. You know, my bed's got nothing to do with it. I had a terrible dream in hypersleep. And I had to be sure what killed her. Anyway, I made a mistake. Possibly. And now I've made another mistake. This is a Ripley we've never seen before right here. A prisoner. And it's true. Physical contact. It's against the rules, isn't it? Definitely. When was this? I'm not a prisoner. You have a barcode on the back of your head. These two are just like putting on a clinic, honestly. That does deserve an explanation. He's so demure with her. I don't think it's such an interesting role reversal in terms of what Hollywood, how Hollywood writes these roles. They are rather spoiling things, aren't they? He's like soft and, you know, doe-eyed and she's like... Tell me, like, it's just fascinating. Mr. Aaron. I agree. I think he's such a beacon for the audience for the time he's in the movie. Mm -hmm. Something serious. And we do need that, you know? And we also need the revelation of why he's here in the first place, because mm -hmm. then we can get our hearts broken yet again. I have to go. Thank you, everybody who made this movie. <laughs> Official duties. These jackets have been yeah, jacket. a few times, but these jackets are just so, <laughs> no, so they're cool. badass. I really I love that fucking jacket. Here's the alien throwback shot right here. Mm -hmm. Where they zoom in to the, um, the space jockey and it goes pale in his eye. Mm. It's doing the same thing with her because it had something inside of it and now she does. Good little call. Who was it? Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> How do you know? That's his boot. That's his boot. Great Ralph Brown. I love I Ralph Brown. Sir. He was a wanker. No apologies, Mr. Aaron. It wasn't your fault. He was a wanker. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Xander in the chat is saying, uh, if anybody well, would like to get him a jacket say, this year Death for the holidays here. Welcome to do that. I will also take one if anybody would like to pitch in. 
Yeah, you know, while you're out, I, w I would love one. I yeah, forbid Xander to spend the kind of money one of those jackets costs on anyone in Perfect fans. Organism team. You got that? <laughs> forbid it. What's that? I don't know. I want to see you in my quarters in 30 minutes, if you please, Mr. Clemens. Now, the alien spitting acid at the prisoner who, who fell into the fan, that's new, right? That was the first time? That is new. And it's one of quite a few morphological differences that we get in this movie. Of course, it resembles a dog, ultimately, or an ox, depending on what you're thinking, but it's quadrupedal, right? Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have the dorsal spines. It's smaller. Like there's, there's a lot of. They made a lot of uh, fast and loose changes with the with the morphology of the creature in this. But I do think it served it for the best, mostly because this meant that you know, I mean, this came out when when I was seven, and the next year the Kenner toys were everywhere, and you know, that wouldn't be the way it was without that idea being introduced in this movie. But the spitting, you know, that's that's something that came from this. Do you guys like the spitting? Yeah. Arm with it? I do. I do. Oh yeah. I do especially like that this introduced the idea that the it's its biology is sort of malleable and up to interpretation depending on the circumstances. Yeah, I think that's that's the idea is that it's changing. You know? Really? Hmm. How? Yeah, shaft. Poor salt backed into a nine foot fan. I found something at the accident site. Just a bit away from where it happened. This is the point in the movie, though, where I start to notice how much more I like the theatrical cut. I have to be honest well, with I you. Like the one you mm -hmm. found because the crying. pacing is already messed up to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like we should have gotten to here sooner. I, I feel like there's like something's off side. with the proportions. Hmm. I want and that, to me, that kind of persists all the way through the end of the movie. It just, it just feels looser. Is going on? But that's probably because I love the theatrical so much, and that's what I'm used to. I would agree. Find me a computer with audio capability so I can access this. This is still so new to me that I don't like that here. It doesn't bother me. Well, what about Bishop? Bishop? The droid that crashed with me. I can point you in the right direction. I can't join you. I have a previous engagement. This looks off you are. Golly, don't fidget. What's all this shit? It's not properly wrapped. What the hell did you ever do right? Eat. Got that down pretty good. Call it. You light a candle and Murphy. Will you? Well, that's thousands. It was special. Never complained about me once. Was and all of this built? Like, Absolutely. all of this? Uh, really? Like, some of it seems like they went to, a, like, the basement of an old building and just shot in, like, you know, well, in the, the buildings in the city. If you go, like, to buildings in, like, Chicago down below, there's tons of rooms with pipes and ropes, and that's what it reminds me of. Milk. Just a little, please. And it really feels so beautifully lived in, but th these were, like, 90%. You, sets that were especially this set in particular constructed for the ward film uh, and that's why if, you know if you're looking at the set you can clearly tell that it's ecclesiastical right i mean it's got the the wrought work iron on the on the back there screw with me one more time i'll cut you in half. Piece of shit. 
I'm sorry, I don't think I understand. See the Let's gothic arches behind Clemens. Word from the network. I may point out this is the first high level. Some people overdo it with haze, but I feel like the ha use of haze in this movie is very tasteful. Yeah, yes. look at that beautiful uh, that light coming in from the back. It surrounds them. It doesn't envelop them, which I think is important. Right. Mm. Why did you let her out of the infirmary? This accident. I don't know why, but I've always pictured this as chai. I was like, that's not coffee. It has yeah. a certain, <laughs> it has a certain color to it. Looks like a chai to me. We both know exactly what you are. Sit down. I think it might be better if I left. I find you unpleasant, unpleasant to be around. around. Not lovely. Consider this, Mr. Clemens. How would you like me to explain your sordid history to your newfound friend? For her personal edification, of course. Now, and this is that pe that perspective that Patrick was talking about. We we don't now the shot's gone, but they never racked the focus over to Andrews. We stay on Clemens and just mm -hmm. see him live in that and react to that. No, and look, I, now he's he had to acquiesce. Unpredictable, insolent, possibly dangerous. Yeah, oh my god. Look, look at Charles Dance's face. That is the face uh, you get like when your mom is just chewing you out when you're 13 and you're like, oh, I just gotta, I just gotta last until she's done and then I can go to my room. Is there anything I should know? About what? About the woman. Don't play with me, Mr. Clemens. You spend every second you can with her. And I have my suspicions that not all of your concerns with her are medical. She said anything to you, anything about where she's from, what her mission is, what the hell she was doing in an EEV. She told me she was part of a combat unit that came to grief. Beyond that, I assume it's all classified. I haven't pressed her for more. That's all? That's all. You sure? Yes. Nothing more? No. Get out of here. This is so interesting. There's so much more in this scene. Didn't drink his chai. <laughs> oh, the drinking bird. This is very um, Trash Mesa. Yes. Yeah. Before, well... Or Trash Mesa is very Alien 3. Absolutely. Now watch the focus here. This is a great example. See that? It, it never focused on his hand. It stayed with her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it still is. See that? Nice little foreground element. Th this man... A minute ago, well, actually, I'm now getting sidetracked. The characters on the wall, the, uh, I don't want to be wrong if they're Japanese or, um, but I always find that interesting. I want to know the story behind that, but also a bit ago, Jamie, what was the thing you said? Oh, the autopsy scene, I think, dedicate a whole episode to that. I, I think you could dedicate at least a, like a mini episode to this, uh, um, gosh, um, what would you call it? The bishop. Uh, um, oh my God! What do they call it? Animatronic. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah. It's the most amazing animatronic that I've ever seen. Filmed later on, a year later in L.A. A lot of people don't know this. That's actually Lance Henderson. 
<laughs> they never made he it. really got snubbed for the Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> he literally he got was cut one in half. Limb and a hand. This is what I'm talking about. This feels very nervous to me. Yeah, once the drums come in and oh, it's those, just sort of good. those goggles on his head are kind of nervous for sure. They just it feels like a Nine Inch Nails video. <laughs> Man, he, he, just he beats him so brutally with his pipe. It's just that's crazy. It's actually it. They, you know, it's not funny, but there is a, something almost funny to Dutton's rage in this scene where he's. I gotta re-educate some of the brothers. Where it's like a righteous religious, uh, uh, you know, flagellation. Iconic. There he is. Some space cigarettes. This is very church-like too. This whole sequence mm. of them with the candles and this, you know, cavernous space. Um, very much reminds me of a church. Mm. And very La Jetée, which is, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's a, um, it's a movie by Chris Christopher Marker is from the '60s, and it's uh, kind of a groundbreaking film in its own right. But a lot of the imagery is very uh, of Alien Three is very reminiscent of La Jetée. I'm sorry. Hey. Shut up. It's the right, the right to take shit. It ain't against, against God. God. What the hell is going on with the candles? <laughs> I've tried to track down this guy too. I don't I haven't been able to. Or actually I think he has a Facebook, but he just doesn't answer it. Have you guys tried to reach Vincent Ward? How the hell we gonna know where we are? Yeah. A couple times. I did when we did that episode years ago. I have myself as well. I never heard that. Uh, via his website, but he just doesn't answer. It's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> Watch your step, brother. Okay, who were the comedians? It's like a cross right there and blood or black. Yeah, or this is very clearly from the church set. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's part of what makes this film so uniquely brilliant. You know, there's just it, it, a lot of movies we talk about are better for their weirdness, right? Because it, mm. it introduces this idea of ambivalence or this idea of, you know, it's unclear exactly what it's saying, but it's moving within you while you're watching it. This movie's full of that. Absolutely. I mean, so few movies are so movies, so few movies end up being what they set out to be at the beginning, and the filmmaking process is so long and so subject to all sorts of changes and Im impediments and everything. And a lot of times, that's what makes certain movies great. It really is. Bailey Three, of course, is an example of 
a, a movie that had so much profoundly going against it, and, and, and all those things somehow made better, which is so strange. So they started constructing sets for for the. They built huge sets, and then they had to send people home from Ireland and England that were working on it. Wow. Yeah. And then they rewrote the script, Vincent Ward's. Then they trip. rewrote the script and they took it all out of mothballs and then they had to build new stuff using. Yeah, they retrofitted it in some ways. This, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. That's yeah, very reminiscent of the cocoon sequence, that shot right there. It is. Yeah. That's actually, that's yeah. also Lance Hendricks. Lit, lit by, a, <laughs> yeah, like a, the, a torch or a flamethrower. It's one thing I love about Alien 3 is that textually visually it's the closest to alien of the of the three films oh i agree i will say uh tom woodruff jr in the suit just doesn't work for me mm. the music holy fucking shit the sport the lips right here oh, yeah. one of my favorite shots right there uh but do you guys hear this fucking music in the background like it's so good it it's crazy it still blows my mind every time i watch it like that one track i can't remember what that was called that's so good the dragon i think it's called it is powerful there's xander did it. you you're saying that uh the african-american guy was in dread you got a right to say shit it ain't again it ain't again it's gotta be a stranger there's ringer Xander, are you talking about Dread, like the Alex Garland Dread mm -hmm. that I fucking adore? Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, that's so, such a good movie. And talk about it's a so soundtrack, underrated. too. That's really the original soundtrack, which we... Oh, we're uh, going to stop the movie all and then watch Dread. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking I'm down. I, it's that's been on my list. I'm, I, I'm still... That's a that's a blind spot for me. Oh, my God. It's so great. And, yeah. and it, Dread, in a lot of ways, is a... I, I feel bad talking over Bishop. I'll make it quick. Uh, a very close analogy to this in that it was a movie that was doomed like it had rewrites the director was having all these issues the cast was revolting it was this mess of a process garland who was the writer of it not the director of it basically took over directing duties because the director disowned the movie finished the film and uh handed in this masterpiece wow. that and i say this is a very big fan of 2008 and judge dread in general it really speaks to the heart of that mythology mm. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about you. This is creepy with golf just good. eating there like by himself. Some fruit loops. I like. <laughs> this reminds me of the Mulholland Drive uh, dumpster lady a little bit. <laughs> really? <laughs> just a little In bit. What way? All, he turns all this stuff, the smile, and it's all smeared on his face. Dude, that sequence is so frightening i think me. that's literally maybe the most scared i ever like the that was like a slow motion jump scare or something like it, yeah Ugh. yeah i've even tried just watching that scene on its own and it's and i like get so viscerally afraid of it v visceral is the word yeah oh my god <laughs> sander says bishop looks like me when my allergies are acting up <laughs> <laughs> I think many of us can relate to that right now. Uh, the Pollen Ripley. You cock, Bishop. It, that's disgusting, Jane. <laughs> did Armas Sulaco, or did it come with us into the evening? It was with us. It's, it's a Stan Winston Lance effect? Henderson. No, this oh, is EDI. That's Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> he, they plugged things into his ears. Uh. 
not in the This theater. is very full metal jacket right here a little bit. Yes, yeah, it is. Does the company know? The company knows everything that happened on the ship. It all goes into the computer. And that's a that's something that's the undiscovered country in the alien films, which I feel like Holly's going to get into, but the company. What is it? Is is it AI based? That's what I think the network is. Everything is AI based. AI is finding new worlds. AI is sending out people. And the actual company are sure. the people, the suits are far removed. And the mm. AI does everything. The algorithms do everything. Much like today, social media and much of what we do, Netflix, it's all algorithmic. You know, it's kind of scary. It's, it's more than kind of scary. It's terrifying yeah. if you think about it too much. Not to bemoan new movies all the time, but... The fact that that Bishop scene is such a beautiful and perfect echo of the Ash scene in the yes. first one, yes. it, and it's not this—it's not this uh, Easter egg. It's not a you know fan service thing. It's it's really integral integral to to this story. It's just I love that. It's genuinely moving. It is. Uh, and, and in all seriousness, seriousness, so that was not Sam Winston. That was ADI. They, 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 they did that. Not until we know yeah, about this. <laughs> no, no, pull your... I think Match was had a question about it. To me now. That was definitely Oscar-worthy effect. I think it was nominated for Best Special Effects in It won one Oscar. Did it? Really? Yeah. Did it really? What it was for, though. I'm, I'm looking up. Hang on. Check that shit. <laughs> <laughs> You got a right to say shit. He's never lied to me. He's, he's crazy. crazy. He's, a, he's fool, a fool, but he's, but he's not, a not a liar. He's telling the truth. I'd like to talk to him about this. Now I was nominated. Right. Didn't win. Perfects. No, no. Yeah. Do anyone left it? Hmm. Not a, not nominated for anything else. Because you are not. No, but it did. It was nominated for seven Saturn awards and a Hugo award. Crimes. Score could have got nominated. Cinematography oh. could have got nominated. The score not even nominated for anything. I wonder if it won BAFTAs. Then I'll talk to you. It's important. What I love about this whole sequence here with Ripley saying, "Hey, he's telling the truth." She's again similarly doing what she was doing in Aliens, where she's in a room full of people and she's saying, "Hey, no, these things happened," and of course here they are not believing her again. So it won. It was nominated for quite a lot of things. It was nominated for, like I said, an Academy Award. It was nominated for one BAFTA for special effects, a number of other things. It only won, and, and the seven Saturn Awards, it only won one of those. And that was at the Golden Reel Awards for best sound editing. It was the only thing it ever won. Tell me, Lieutenant, what would you suggest we do? That's some bullshit. Well, what kind of weapons have you got? This is a prison. A good idea to allow prisoners access to firearms. Especially Sting's, you know, knowing how uh, how uh, prestigious and respected the Oscars are uh, this year, and you know, going into the future. Security prison. Get your name out your mouth. No. We have some carving knives. Looks like he's got a, uh, a grenade right on his desk. That is a grenade. Yeah, why does he have a fucking grenade on his desk? We have this is a prison planet. Why would we have weapons? He has a fucking bomb in front of his face. Confined to the infirmary, quarantined. Mister Aaron will escort you. 
I think you'll be safe from any large, nasty beasts while you're here, right? I think that Aaron puts his hat on upside down. Yes, that's a good girl. Again, more screen time. And there's more of that Art Nouveau, Art Deco in the glass right there. Yeah. Um, Isn't there any way off of this? It's almost like this a statue of David right there. It's not David, but it reminds me of it. Supply ship comes every six months. That's it? Mm -hmm. They are sending somebody to pick you up quite soon. <clears throat> What's soon? I don't know. Nobody's ever been in a hurry to get here before. This scene broke my friend. He left the room after this scene. No. I'm just saying. He was done. That's a bit uncharitable. And there's one little tiny little cut in this scene that is not in the theatrical cut that I do miss that I'll point out. How are you feeling? That vent is like <clears throat> Terrifying. The biggest Chekhov's vent in the world. <laughs> and anybody who's played Alien Isolation does exactly what I'm fucking talking about. You never they should have different skins. They should have different alien skins for that game. They should have the runner and the... Nobody's perfect. That would be cool. Not like no weapons have a variant where you don't have any weapons and you're on a prison. Oh, different maps and skins. Yeah. A sane man. It's very profound, Gorg. Thank you. <laughs> married? Me. You should get married, have kids. Pretty girl. I used to know lots of them back home. They used to like me. I honestly love that line. Something about it wow. makes you wonder about all their past the past of this universe mm -hmm. that one line where he says back home yeah that always gets me too how are you what all right all right good? no how about leveling with me you be more specific. Well, when I asked how you got assigned here, you avoided the question. And then when I asked about the prison ID tattooed on the back of your head, you ducked me again. It's a long, sad story. I always found it interesting the, the amount of attention that the camera pays to the, um, the syringe, the fluid, pulling it out, putting it in it's very interesting i don't really quite understand that but it's fascinating to watch despite the fact that i have become secretly addicted to morphine i was considered to be most promising a man with a future and during my first residency i did a 36 hour stretch on an er so i went out and i got more than a little drunk then i got called back Boiler had blown on a fuel plant, and there were 30 casualties. And 11 of them died. Not as a result of the accident, but because I prescribed the wrong dosage of painkiller. 
I got seven years in prison and my license reduced to a 3C. At least I got off the morphine. I think I was let off lightly. It's beautiful it's acting. Yeah. yeah. He's an amazing actor. I got to know this motley crew quite well. So when they stayed, I stayed. I like all the blood that's on the pillow behind Gallic. Again, lesser filmmakers wouldn't, it would just be clean, you know? So, <laughs> Well, because for continuity reasons, it's really hard to get it to look right. Yeah. Right? Consecutive shots. All right. I, I love this close-up of Ripley. It's just yeah, beautiful. me too. Xander points out that all of the, the needle fetishization that oh, that, that great cut shot. Yeah. and this one, this right here. Yeah, oh. I love that. Yeah, that could I be have... because of people's fear of needles, as Andrew's positing, which I think I agree. Sense. I think it's a little of that. It, it builds it builds a little anticipation. Oh, God. I love that foot. I know. I, know. I love that. I don't like these, that, that close-up. It just looks like an animatronic. The fucking brutality of that death is... Yes. Always this close-up, of course, is fucking amazing. This was something that was not supposed to be shot, but Fincher believed so strongly in it that he got Sigourney Weaver to come back and do an actual reshoot to get that moment. Wow. Yeah, which is funny because it is probably the most, obviously the most iconic from this movie, but it probably is like the most iconic shot from the series. Yeah, he understands the importance, the power of just an image. Yeah, I love that. Look at this. Give us strength, O oh Lord, to endure. We recognize that we are poor sinners in the hands of an angry God. Let the circle be unbroken until the day. Amen. Amen. What the fuck is happening here? What the fuck is this bullshit that's coming down? We got murder. We got rape. We got brothers in trouble. I don't want no more bullshit around here. And we got problems. We stand together. Yes, thank you, Mr. Dillon. All right. Once again, this is... Xander bring brings up a good point, which is, uh, would you replace the rod puppet shots with CG now to update the effects similar to George Lucas and company? What, what, did, what did both of you think about that? Hell to the nah. Hell no. Only if they could replicate what we see in the puppet. Or if they use CG and they get the original puppet made again, because I know that they have it, if they, whatever they could do to like replicate it, and they use CG to recreate it, I'm fine with it, but if it looks CG, I'm out. Yeah, I would say limit it to cleaning the original footage. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's to me, that's that's it. What's interesting is there is a ton of original footage left over from this. I don't know if people know how the assembly got made. Oh yeah, Xander agrees with this. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to do it. Um, so when the quadrilogy came out, which is crazy, almost 20 years ago, we're coming up on 20 years of that coming out. That's crazy. Um, all of the filmmakers were invited to do their own 
like retelling of the story if they wanted to do an alternate cut of course david fincher was like was like fuck you don't come talk to me anymore so charles de lazarica who's a very good friend of ours and an amazing guy who was the executive producer of the quadrilogy box set just did this on his own and he went into their archives and he found a, uh, a cut of the film that fincher and terry rawlings had put together uh that was largely lost but there it is. That's the best fuck in the whole entire universe. Yes, Sander agrees. Michael I love this too. This is almost like, oh, see, I don't remember this shot of it looking down. I, I like the shot. I like it in the theatrical. It just holds on him from across the room, just kind of looking up nervously, right? Yeah. The apocalypse is upon us. But, uh, but Charles basically tried to recreate using the available footage that they could find just the exact cut that Rawlings and Fincher had tried to put together that had been rejected by the studio. So it really actually is closer to what Fincher yeah. wanted. Um, and and DeLazarica wasn't trying to do anything new with it. He really was just trying to be faithful to the source material. The problem, though, is that that cut of the film that they were trying to recreate was also something that Fincher was unhappy with. You know, So it's not like his lost dream. It was basically just what he was trying to do. Another very iconic shot to me. Right there. Yes, yes. And also, uh, Charles had said that they found a box full of notes, of right. Fincher's notes, that they could go and work on this assembly cut with those notes. And there was a point where he... I'm not where Fincher agreed to have a conversation, but there was there was a missed call, and Fincher never oh, called no. Char uh, Charlie back. So Ugh. Charlie left a message, and it was just like they just kind of missed each other, and it kind of never went anywhere from that. Wow. Of course, Charles can explain that better than I can, but he actually explained that on our show when he was on talking about Alien 3. What was that, four years ago, Patrick? That's before. I, I don't think he talked about that. He came on shoulder of Orion, but I don't think he came on. No, he's been on Aliens. Remember, was he on? Yeah, because we had we we interviewed him for both Shoulder and for um, PO. Yeah, bless Charles DeLazaro. On the same interview, so we stopped it like four. Yeah, it was the same thing. You're right. Yeah. And then he later went on to come to LA with us and do the whole live event. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my favorite little snippets from that is that I got him to take a picture of Micah and I, so we have like a photo taken by Charles DeLazaro, which is pretty cool. The same guy that you know helped put, it, the, put the final cut of Blade Runner and the assembly cut of Alien 3 together. They're just a great dude. He's going to be back on the show this year for the 30th anniversary. It's going to be great to like be all together uh, for whatever event we, even if it's something small for like the Alvarez film, whenever it comes out, which will probably be within the next year and a half, I would imagine. Um, it's going to be really great to be together to watch that film. Like to be with like my best friends watching an alien film. I can't even wait. I can't yeah, even crazy. believe it. It's, it's so going to happen. Danny Webb is amazing. He's such a good actor. He's an amazing actor. What are we going to do? I love this scene also because the power dynamic absolutely change. All eyes go to Ripley. She then becomes again the Ripley that we know. She's different still, but she it, she pivots and transitions back into this place that we're familiar with her. And uh, it's it's a great moment, but it's also a moment she doesn't want. 
missed in this area. But visually speaking, it's very clearly referenced also to aliens when she pulls a schematic oh, yes. up, and it's oh, the yes. same the same narrative moment in the movie, basically, where she's now the one calling the and shot. alien. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. Sticks close to the zebras. Zebras. Oh. But look, running around down here in the dark. Are you kidding? Once you get out of this main shaft, there's no overheads. Don't we have flashlights? Yeah, we got thousands of them, but no batteries. I told you nothing works. Torches? We have the capacity to make fire? Most humans have enjoyed that privilege since the Stone Age. No need to be sarcastic. Never been used. They were gonna dump a lot of nuclear crap in there. Never got around to it. It's clean as a whistle inside. This is the only way, in or out. That's right. Walls are six feet thick, solid steel. Really knew how to build these babies. You're saying we get something in there. There's no way it can get out. That's right. No fucking way. I tell you, I don't know about you guys. This film excites me still. Like, yes. as, as dire as it is, this is, it still feels new. It still feels like that. It just feels like a movie. I don't know. I can't even really explain it. I feel like I'm. Whenever I watch it, I'm watching it again for the first time, and I don't feel that way about Aliens or Alien. But this film is so singular, and oh, I don't know. I, it just, it just, yeah, it feels brand new. It feels like a movie that we talk about but we don't watch. I don't know. I think maybe the the score actually has kind of a hand in that. There's this yes. sort of there's this rallying feeling where. Uh, of course aliens has that but aliens is sort of i feel like they're very it's like reactive like they're this goes wrong it's that chain of events that christian has talked about where this it's like yeah once once uh andrews gets pulled up into the ceiling it's kind of like the foot of your foot's on the gas and we're rolling now down and out of the pipes force it here slam the door and trap its ass Right. You want help from us Y Chromo boys, huh? You got something better to do? Why should we put our ass on the line for you? Your ass is already on the line. The only question is, what are you going to do about it? It's also just a simple fact that I personally, although Alien 3 is, is probably my favorite of all of them, and, and indeed of all movies, I don't watch it that much compared to Alien and Aliens. Like I, I watch, I watch Aliens like just all the time because it's just like casual viewing, right? This scene I remember seeing on TV, much like the the uh, gun, the sentry guns, and thinking, I know I'd seen them talk about batteries, and I was like, where is this scene? <laughs> that was on TV, huh? Yeah. Interesting. You know, this is not, uh, well, it, it's weird because that's like the only other sequence that has that blue lighting in it, which is yeah. kind of strange. It awful. So if, if you're watching this, ladies and, uh, and gents and whoever's watching it, on the, uh, the anthology box set that came out in 2010, you're actually watching a different version of it than the assembly cut that originally came out of the quadrilogy because they actually had a number of actors come back record any uh, art for it so it actually sounds different in addition to just looking better because it's a blu-ray um and, and that includes Sigourney Weaver and Charles S. Dutton are they just sort of uh, alternate line readings or are they different lines it's the same lines but but just clear they've gotten recordings of it uh, I see yeah 
You okay? Yeah. Whatever you say, but you don't look okay to me, sister. I'm fine. I hate this place. There's definitely something in here with us. Don't light the fire until I give the signal. This is the signal. Got it? Can you remember that? I think Andrews is under, or um, Aaron is underrated. I, I always believe that. I think mm -hmm. he's a really lovely character. I think he's got a good heart. He's certainly incompetent for sure, but he's just an unsung hero. He just wants to do the right thing. He doesn't know what he that has is a legitimately. That. He has a heroic arc in this movie, which is yes, he does. The prisoner on the right in that previous sequence, smoking a cigarette, is uh, named Jude, which huh. makes me happy. Your son's going to end up in prison one day. <laughs> yeah, smoking a cigarette. Yes, into space. I love the high-speed camera right here. Yes. Uh, this yeah, it's weird. It's so cool. I fucking love right here. I love oh, that. God, that's, yeah. That's cinema, baby. They actually set up a high-speed camera for this. Wait for the fucking signal! The music here. Oh, holy, holy shit. It's so good. Nothing else sounds like this movie. Come on, we gotta help these guys. Just walls of wailing brass instruments. It's just like, it's just so guttural. I fucking love it so much. I agree. Just the music and what the sets we've been talking about this whole time, these unbelievable tactile sets. This movie's such a place that it's like, when I revisited the theatrical cut recently, it had this such a strange effect on me where I was like, this feels, this movie almost feels like a dream I had. Like the first time I saw this movie, I was like asleep. And it's like, it's like I knew this music from before I was born or something. Such a, it just sticks with you in an odd way. Yeah, it's, it, it moves within us in interesting ways, that's for sure. Getting a lot more footage of this thing. Oh yeah, would have been over by now. <laughs> Get another 45 minutes of explosion shot. interesting that's such an interesting moment between them why what do you see there jamie uh well that was junior who tried to rape her and mm. she you know and he's there trying to help that guy and just that 
moment of recognition of like so bad no i think this, this holds up pretty well xander brings up a good point which is that this film was shot almost exclusively in anamorphic lenses yes indeed and yeah if anybody knows anything about lenses knows that they typically require quite a lot of light especially when they're that chonky mm. so in a movie that's very dark like this um that provided its own challenge but but actually it, it ended up being pretty easy to shoot the issue was hiding light sources because yes. like it's it's relatively bright in terms of luminosity but there's no overhead lights anywhere so you can't have any like in-camera lighting so that was something they had to get around sometimes they just lit the whole fucking thing on fire like they're doing now which i'm sure that's quite a bit with, with but even then those fires won't you know get the desired result you still have to the fire's motivating the light but it is right. so yeah that's yeah, talk about foreshadowing the bucket right there it's a pivotal bucket this is this transition is so fundamentally different from the theatrical. Mm. It's the rain. Oh, this is amazing. It's very uh, solemn. Yes, it's very uh, like a church, like mass, like at the end of mass or at the beginning of mass, you're walking in to the cathedral. It's, it's also yeah. literally an Anya's day being sung in the background, yeah, which is yeah. part of the, the Catholic mass and the proper and the ordinary of services. So that did Goldenfall start writing the score when Vincent Ward's script was in production? No, that was he, Fincher brought him on. Wow. But I think it was inspired by the religion of the of the inmates. That's right. Which we get a ton more What's of in the assembly cut. Even for those who have fallen. Something like a French horn, maybe. This is a time. Not a French horn. A, a uh, of rejoicing. We salute their courage. Look how different the lighting is there. I think it might be an English horn or an oboe, but I'm okay. listening to the streaming thing, so it's kind of hard to tell. Those that are dead. A beautiful are piano in the background. This track yeah. is so good. They have moved up. Again, they here we get that big ass crane high. that they probably wanted to get a lot of use out of because they built it. Bastards. Andrews used to call him Dylan's God Squad. Keeps him out of mischief. But this is one of, one of the things I love about the assembly cut is we get so much more of this millenarian religious stuff and we see why at the end of the movie Dylan puts his fist up to say amen. Like, you know, there's without that stuff, it just seems like it's a gesture. But we actually find that's like a pivotal part of what they do to affirm their faith. There were no smart guns. Kill it. What have you heard from you? Nothing much. We got a message received. Later, we got something that said you were top priority. They don't cut us in on much. But they are sending the totem pole out here. What if they don't want to kill it? We get back. No. No lunatics, you know. Gotta kill it. Right? No fucking way. Come on, it hurts. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't done nothing. Just don't talk to me. Paul again, just acting the shit out of this part. 
There's not a bad performance in this movie, is there? there is that, no. It's just timeless. Looks like he's staring at a cell phone. Yeah, it looks like an iPhone or something, isn't it? I'm FaceTiming with the company. I didn't lie. You saw it? He's not going to get in here. We got it trapped. So what's the big deal? Come on, please. Let me do something. Don't I always give you cigarettes? Man? Remember in the theatrical cut, Gallic is just gone from this point on. Like, we don't have Gallic anymore. So you have to kind of assume that, you know, it came back and got him after Clemens or something. But we have no resolution on that character. Whereas here we get pretty definitive resolution. But behave yourself. Don't fucking around or I'll get nothing but shit. Let the guy wash his face already. So where they got it? <laughs> In the waste tank. We got that sucker nailed. I mean tight. Don't see it again. What the fuck are you talking about? No more cigarettes for you. <laughs> Wow, this office, man. Oh, it's just beautiful. Look at that shot. What do we say? Tell them we tracked it. What do we call it? A xenomorph. Right. Oh, wow. I don't remember her saying that. Me neither. Sigourney Weaver is going to start getting hate mail from angry fans who are objecting to calling it a xenomorph. People get very fucking mad about that. I'm surprised. Did she ask for permission to kill it? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. This, that's, that's the purpose of this. Yeah, that's that's incongruous of her to ask permission very to kill much it. so. I think she's trying to suss out what the company will do if they kill it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she's actually... Yeah, maybe. And she knows full well what that they wanted. It's kind of, yeah, it makes sense that that got cut. Yeah, agreed. Off and on, Mina. What the hell are you talking about? Talk to me, the beast. You can't go in there, dickhead. The big motherfucker will eat you alive. Oh God! I remember this now. See, all all of this stuff to me feels completely superfluous. It's not that I don't like watching it. Yeah, it's that it's the effective cut is just but... like it's just moving at this point, like it's yeah. going somewhere. Because this is all sort of like, yeah, we trapped it, but we didn't really see what happened. But now this is happening. And, Gallic went crazy. Tell me what to do next. I guess he was already crazy. I love this little bit of the score. Oh, I love that tuba. Oh my god. Wow, that's a tuba. That's not a synth. Well, it, 
No, that might be the French horn um, subharmonic again that I was talking about. I don't. I, see, I, I can't even tell. That's a glacier. Right totally just. Oh well. <laughs> that was. Can all be winners. Yeah. That looked like shit. <laughs> they looked like yeah. It looked like a flip book. Why do we have to kill? It's basically the same shot though that we get when it escapes from the ox. They want to take it back. Some sort of weapon. Yeah, what's wrong with that? They can't control it. They don't understand. It'll kill them all. Something that's interesting, speaking of lenses. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing's wrong with that. Is, uh, you know, we're saying that the, the movie's shot in an anamorphic format. The one part that is not shot in that is with a 10 millimeter prime fixed lens. And that's the alien uh, point of view that we're going to get in about uh, an hour. Uh, uh, and that was actually shot by a Steadicam operator, which is pretty fucking crazy. And what happened is he would you know, he was running down the hallway and then flipped the camera upside down. It ain't much. Um, but talk about it. these things in camera. That's literally in camera, you know? Wow. I would like to see that steady cam rig because they have, there are new things like that uh, called like a Trinity rig that's made to do a move like that. But look at that shot. Yeah, yeah that's stunning. All this is new. Uh, Dylan, we got a teeny weeny problem. Great! Miserable, crazy son of a bitch, let it loose! Got what he fucking deserved. Well, now what are we gonna do? It's interesting to see how they cut right. this. Look at the shit yeah. chained up. Like, with the theatrical, it starts right. Now what are we gonna do? Get this would be it. after the fire. Everything's loose out there. What are we gonna do? I just said that. And you're the dumb prick that let Golic out, you miserable little shit. Oh, cut that shit out. Tell your fucking bozo to shape up. Well, well, what, what do you think? Don't you get to the easy? Why, what's that? I just have to use the neuroscatter. Don't look so good. There's a shit out of your looks. What are we gonna do? I'm gonna smack in the mouth, you stupid wanker. Shut the fuck up and stop causing panic! Panic, you're so fucking stupid, you couldn't even spell it. Don't talk to me about panic. Make me all the panic, we're fucking screwed here! Who's thought he's that? Just realizing that in the, in the theatrical, it's also never explained why Morse has a <laughs> giant gash on the back so much. But why the back of Morse's head is bashed in for like the final hour of the movie? Yeah. Wonderful. So you just want us to stay here and let this thing have us for lunch? I want you to get everybody that's still left together, get them into the assembly hall. Let she go.
Need any help? I don't mean to scare you. You shouldn't be wandering around alone. It's interesting, even though this is a longer cut, the movie still flies by for me. I mm. know, I know what to expect, even because I've seen it, of course, so many times. But it just Once. doesn't. Yeah. What do I do? Hit B or C. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, we're coming up on the two-hour mark, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it for a movie that everybody complains about the pacing of it. Like this. Yeah, it feels like we just started okay, we'll watching it. Let it run a cycle. It's real fuzzy. Hit enhancement. Some great cassette futurism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That scanner straight out of the original film. And all of this was done practically. Like the the insides of her, um, just the way that Looking they photographed it. Mm. They used the negative, you know, they whatever that process was to make it look like they were, you know, doing a digital readout of her body. It's very interesting. Which of yeah, course I, these days it would all be I love that. I, I love in older films, yeah, when they had to uh like in um I believe it's Escape from New York, there's a scene where it looks like there's sort of a 3D skeletal rendering of the city. And what they did was they they built the city out out of like chicken wire and lit it in a way and actually shot it and then made it look like it was like a computer hmm. rendering, but it was just in camera effects. Yeah, I know that shot you're talking about. It's, it, that's oh. a, it's a really good movie too. Uh, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it looks like a wireframe. Exactly. A little known fact for this shot, Sigourney Weaver actually swallowed uh, an actual alien. Wow. So what you're seeing is her actual stomach. It's very sad. I thought they had a bath for that. Freeze it. <laughs> I like how it's inverted just like a baby. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that, but you're right. It's weird how the framing of it, I don't know, it's, it's, there's like a tenderness to it almost because you see it like sleeping, All right. sleeping in the position that a human mm -hmm. baby would be in. The rescue team is on its way with guns and shit. Right now, there isn't any place that's real safe. Look, we stay here, huh, in the assembly hall. This place never had any fucking air conditioning. If it comes in, it's got to be through one of these doors. Now, we post a guard to let us know if it's coming. In the meantime, you lay low, be ready, and stay right. In case your time comes. Don't you start bullshitting, Dylan. We're going to be trapped in here like rats. You got a weapon? You got a blade, and you take it out, and you fucking use it! Oh. So you think we're going to stab this motherfucker to death? Oh, I don't think shit. Maybe, maybe you'll hurt it before it takes you out, huh? Isn't that something? Now, any of you got any better ideas? And I'll tell you, until the rescue team gets here, we're fucked. So you better get prepared.
Einstein in. Well, then suit yourself. That's a great shot of that. Yeah. Let's make it to the furnace. Holy shit. Well, all right. Fucking A. Why fucking A? Too fucking right, it's right. All new. It is, keep in mind, the original movie is over by this point. Is it? Yeah, it's oh. one hour and 54 minutes. Oh. That crazy? That's still like, crazy. It was like a yeah. lot. Like, that's so aliens that that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the dropship's going back. Yeah. Satellite dish. Tell them the whole place has gone toss. The dish. Are you kidding? And they won't come here. The rescue team will turn back. Yeah, I know. You told Maybe me synthetic. But I ain't stupid. They this Maybe they can do something for you. I don't know. They freeze you. They can do an operation. They've got the technology. This organism gets off the planet it'll kill everything the company doesn't care about that they just want it for their bioweapons division okay so we can't let them come here fuck you look i'm sorry you've got this thing inside you but i'm getting rescued i don't give a shit about these stupid prisoners but i've got a wife i've got a kid i'll go home on the next rotation no this is over i'm gonna send this message but i need that the, uh... fucking code sorry Stupid little shit. This has got to be done, okay? Mirrors uh, her conversation with Burke. No fucking way! <laughs> she literally says the same thing to him, stupid little shit. The, uh, the, that rear three-quarter shot of Ralph Brown sitting down is one of the rare continuity issues, I think, of the whole movie because his dialogue is like very clearly not matching. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but whatever, this scene's great. You got new ideas. I love that shot. Again, the focus. Watch the focus. Stunning. Nice little reflection of him in the glass. It won't kill its future. You really want to bet this thing's that smart? <clears throat> and the audio mix there. Brilliant. See how I talked about that in the episode he was on. You're going to go and look for it? Yeah. I have a pretty good idea. This is some of my favorite stuff in the whole movie, in, in the whole series, when she goes looking for it. This whole place is a basement. <gasps> it's made of me now. I'm gonna count. That sequence is just incredible. Like the fact that the camera never strays from her at all, even though he has dialogue, and his dialogue is deliberately hard to hear because she's far away from him. What Fincher is doing is putting us in her headspace. Like he's saying that you are now with Ripley till the rest of the movie. Yeah. In case there was any question, which there wasn't, but it's just a brilliant use of point of view, which is very rarely reflected in audio because, you know, everybody gets all up in arms if they can't hear dialogue in a movie theater. But he's saying, like, you don't have to hear it. She's not listening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He prioritizes.
this for me is when the movie really like transcends the genre like everything it's just it be it ripley almost becomes mythic in this moment for me like she's this sort of like almost like an ageless figure now she's she's lived several lifetimes She's a little out of focus. Interesting. So certainly, you know, a classic alien conceit. I hope they bring back, you know, is it you know, playing with your head, are you seeing it? Is it the pipes? Is it the machinery? Is it the alien? Yeah, and it's worth pointing out that Alien 3 has probably the fewest fake-out scares of any of the movies. Yes. Mm. The cat jump scares, right? Very like, true. It, that's one of the only things that, to me, is somewhat annoying about Alien, is that there's just, like, a lot of misdirection scares in it. But uh, I feel Alien like at that like time, this one. that was new, don't you think? Newer than it is now, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this one, look, it, the the camera moves a lot in this movie, but now it's you get a little movement. But there's these, see, this is from her perspective, so it's moving. But like this shot right here, your eye oh, is just darting like around. Yeah, yes. Look at this fucking thing. Look at the depth of field. Again, that's an anamorphic format we're talking about. I would love to see. Just photos of this set like it's just oh, yeah it's like a giger painting it's just gorgeous and this right here how it's just not moving because it's of course in her head but that's a good oh. shot of the beast oh. you've been in my life so long I can't remember anything else now do something for me it's easy. Just, just do what you do. I think he who shall not be named, Joss Whedon, must have been a little impressed, and this must have left an impression on him. Just the fact that she's trying to commune with the alien, and she's not completely acting out of like a fight or flight response, but this sort of there's this intrigue to it, and there's a I feel like that was echoed a little in his his movie. I also have to stand corrected on something earlier. There are lice in that shot. So that was we do already see the lice in the film. A lot of lice. This is my favorite, oh. favorite shot of the Xeno right here. Right. Oh, when it flops down. Yeah, that's down. a good shot. It won't kill me. What are you doing out here? You're supposed to be laying low. I have one inside of me. Big one won't kill its own. What are you talking about? Just saw it an hour ago. I stood right next to it. It could have been lunch. It wouldn't touch me. I ran away. This scene as well, like a continuation of the last scene. For me, this just elevates like the whole movie for me because like you take this 80s pop hero icon and you bring her to this level 
that's just so it, it, it's just unbelievable to watch her get to this point and it's like wow we're here and it's like it's it's daring i think that things inside you how it get there and also look at the way again he's distancing ripley from other characters for us visually mm -hmm. right so we see dylan through the bars mm -hmm. but we see ripley inside the room there's just a lot of that going on and it's very subtle but he's 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 giving us these hints with the camera it's so intuitive and i can't do what i should now the axe is in frame I need you to help me Now we go to handheld, which Fincher does not usually like ever. The fuck are you talking about? I'm dead anyway. <sighs> right, but it's Dylan's perspective, which is an interesting choice, right? Yeah. And it it also makes what she's saying more visceral. There's something Absolutely. visceral about it. Absolutely. It's like it, it's like it is Dylan's perspective, but since we're seeing since we're so keyed into all her little favorite lines, it's it's like we're with her. Yeah, that's really interesting. Great choice. It's like they're in a confessional. Yes. Yeah, look at the the um I don't know what you would call it on the the it's design great. under the bars. Yeah, the great. Yeah. No prayers. I remember when I first saw this scene, I thought, wow, he's going to kill her. This is it. This is how Ripley goes out. As long as it's alive, sister, you're not going to save the universe. Such a fantastic actor. I want to get this thing and I need you to do it. It's funny she she does what she's tries what she does to Aaron with him, like grabs him by the collar and he's like, Oh no, this ain't happening with me. <laughs> Go kill yourself. This is the first time Ripley's sort of put in her not put in her place, but pushed aside by another character. Then you take care of me. No problem. Quick. Easy and painless. Look at these fucking sets. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't do it. They don't do it anymore. Will you die out there? Well, it's all the volume now. We owe it one. It's fucking Yeah, just blue screen in general. You know, maybe we get two props in frame, and the rest of it's all digital. We do complain about that. What are you talking about? I'm talking about killing that big. I mean, yeah, this is half of the magic of movies. Was. Building a whole, creating a world, yeah. We could just sit this out. See product placement in that shot? <laughs> Was it Coke? Yeah, look at it. He's holding a Coke. Oh, that looks refreshing. They just want the beast. You know that. I don't give a damn what they want. They're not going to pick us up. Which is funny because Pepsi did a commercial promoting Alien so 3. Sure. Come on, yeah, really? Right. Yeah. Is that Pepsi tie-in? That is odd. 
You know, we're, we don't see the label on that bottle, though. We did in the did first we? shot. We, yeah, and then they moved it. I can't imagine. Yeah, Aaron is like, he's like, I'm thirsty. <laughs> I could use a Coke in this dire situation. It's almost yeah. funny. Well, I'm smart enough not to have a life sentence on this rock. Some fire powder show up before we fight this thing. Right, right, okay, just sit here. On your asses, fine. How about if I sit here on my ass? No problem. Yeah, Xander point, points out that oh, Coke is like God. the drink of the company, which I think actually, you know, makes narrative sense because Coca-Cola is this gigantic megacorporation. You know? All the rest of you pussies can sit it out too. Me and her will do all the fighting. Okay, but I want the same thing as you. I want to see it dead. I hate the fucker. They killed my mates too. Why the fuck can't we wait for the company and have some guns on our side? Why, why do you have to go on some fucking suicide run? Right! Because they won't kill it. They might kill you just for having seen it, but they're not gonna kill it. That is crazy! That is horseshit! They will not kill us! When they first heard about this thing, it was crew expendable. The next time they sent in Marines, they were expendable too. What makes you think they're going to care about a bunch of lifers who found God at the ass end of space? You really think they're going to let you interfere with their plans for this thing? They think we're... we're crud. And they don't give a fuck about one friend of yours that's, that's died. Not one. I love that cut between Aaron's response like, no, like, that's not my experience. You know, some sort of plan. these two very different experiences with this company. I just love that. You don't ever see that in, the, in these films. It's disillusionment. All right. So how do we do that? Yeah. What are we going to use for bait? <laughs> oh, fuck. They're all going to die. Rains gets a good fuck too. question is when this is as oh rains is rains survive no take your first step oh that I wasn't him he died rains died yeah in the beginning yeah Do you the speech want it on your feet? look at that opening this it's just beautiful knees. kind of reminds me of prometheus a little bit too for whatever reason i ain't mm. much for begging nobody ever gave, gave me nothing. nothing music you want to say fuck that thing Let's fight it! The same music that accompanied the near axe strike moments earlier. That's true. Let's go for it! But that little thing that, that Dylan says is really the credo behind the entire movie. And I think is basically yes. the reason why it's an important film is because it acknowledges, and that's why it's not fundamentally nihilist, although everybody always says it is. It acknowledges the reality of death and finality, mm -hmm. but it also says that we have a choice in how we get there, that we have a choice in what we do before that moment comes. There's nothing for you know, sure. and that's to me an incredibly powerful lesson. We trap it here first, then you pull the lever, start the piston, and the piston's gonna push the motherfucker right into the mold, and one of the guys will pour the lead. End of his ass. End of story. Somebody screws it up. We're fucked. You got one chance, one shot at it. That's all. We'll never have time to reset it. Now remember, when you pull the lever, for a few seconds, you're gonna be trapped in here with that fucking thing. If you guys don't drop the ball, I won't. 
Well, you just better be right about that thing not wanting you. Because if it wants out, that's how it's gonna go. Through that alcove, through, through you. you. Where are you gonna be? I'll be around. What about the others? Where are they? Xander mentions the ABP2 game. Uh, the Leadworks map was based on this set. That is a fantastic video game. That has held up very, very well. Alien's got a great track record with video games, don't they? Or at least they have a bunch of good ones. No? Maybe not overall. There's some clunkers. What else have we got to believe? But the ones that are good are extraordinary. Got some classics in the bag. The original AVP, the Jaguar era AVP, fantastic game that really elevated the Doom concept to something very, very special. AVP 2, obviously, Isolation. The Alien Trilogy game was great. And I would put Alien's Fireteam Elite in there, too, as a really successful game. Yeah, just expose that I'm very much not a gamer. I need to I need to get some emulators, play that original AVP. No, I, I don't think it's an unfair thing to say. I just think that the like Colonial Marines and the ones that have not gone very well, they're they're so bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> but for a movie IP, yeah, I think overall the game's been pretty good. I think we better rethink this. this this little shot i think we all know oh man it's just upsetting yeah it looks so terrible no i not even the effect i mean the way it's it's kind of thrusting in that way oh. it's very unsettling i feel like yes. that was, agreed it's a little weird this is that 10 millimeter fixed focal lens that I was talking yeah. about. So you can see it's it's deliberately distorted hugely because yeah. it's not a widescreen lens. So the thing is like super weird looking, but that was that, Very was, that was the idea. Now see it's flipped upside down. It's like, it's like, the idea was, uh, actually, I guess that wasn't flipped upside down. But the, the idea was to make it feel alien. This is the part that Roger Ebert was complaining endlessly about in his review. Yeah, he's got he's had a lot of bad takes. He has had a lot of I I actually really peace. loved him overall, but he has had some very bad takes in his time. Yeah, he fucking loved Prometheus, him and Roper. Really? Yes. Hated the thing. <laughs> you who hey fuckface! Come and get me! More people did than we realized. Yeah. When it first came out. Wow. Look at that. That's just a steady cam like, with the camera rotated. Look at that. It does have such a weird look to it, those shots. It's really, it is, is so separate from the other. Yeah. Just looks so clean. Like digital, like early digital uh, effects, even though it's mm -hmm. not. Yeah, Xander, I agree with you. The the Alien Covenant point of view sequence I find really grating, uh, but this one doesn't bother me. It never did. Well, and I think because this POV is established earlier on in the film, and it doesn't feel 
like a com it doesn't feel like a uh, video game whereas with covenant yeah. by that point yeah. we've seen so many video games of that pov just and it was like well, why are you doing this the last 10 minutes of the movie yeah this one's actually filmed this one's actually filmed it's much more frenetic the other one is so steady and so digital looking it doesn't have the same thing i love that shot Sulaco coming in it is a great shot or a, is that the whatever that know, type of it looks like the ship Sulaco. is yeah that class of ship, ship. yeah i don't know i don't know what class it is yeah and also the, the covenant pov shots are just very they're really overdone like there's just too much going on with like yeah, the yeah. ripples and stuff you bastard The creature looks like chocolate to me. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Like this, it would be nice to clean some of this up. Very cool reverse echoes in the sound design there. Yeah. Again, just like a nice subtle god that's showing a nice subtle subtle way of making it feel alien. I can't get over how bad these shots still look. Have channel closed. What the fuck are you doing? What? Don't hold it like that. Hold it like this. What? Just fucking kill someone, you fucking moron. Nice little gold. That's a fucking gorgeous shot in the suit. Even though it looks ten times thicker than the, the rod puppet. <laughs> you hate that. I do. Yeah, I like the I, look of it, but mm, it just doesn't cut well. It's just completely different looking. You're absolutely right. I like the guy in the suit in this movie. I don't know why. It has a real... I, I, really I don't mind him it. either. Again, it's just they don't cut together. They don't yeah, yeah like the in isolation, I don't mind it. I, I think he looks great. But you, Jamie's absolutely right. Like When it shows the quadrupedal rod puppet like yeah it's it looks really like, thin or sinewy yeah. yeah yeah oh weird the sound design is switching from ear to ear yeah it's a stereo mix very uh very brett brett's death or brett yes. too yeah I also think of Burke, how, you know, he thinks he's gotten away from them, but he's actually in the room with them the whole time. No! Just like the piston! No! No! What are you doing? Go on! No! No! Go on! That looks like William Hope to me a little bit. A little. Yeah. Not as good looking, though. Not even. You fucking love William Hope, Jamie. I feel she's like what if she just had IBS the whole movie <laughs> this guy's been in so many films just, just a two hour Pepto ad <laughs> Come on, come on, come on, come on. 
It's fine. It's okay. AJ, it's okay. It's all right, Kevin. That's a great shot there. What a great shot, yeah. before I got to this prison call. <laughs> Can I finish my coffee first? <laughs> There's, this, this is our uh, outro music for Alien 3 that we use all the time. Entrapment, yeah. Yeah, Entrapment, it's a great one. I still feel like Entrapment is P.O. Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's just podcast music, huh? Have you heard the... Uh, I remember that clip in the trailer when the movie was coming out in 92 on TV and I'm like, oh my god. That's brutal. 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 As, as Josh Brolin would say. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. They're brutal. The commandos. One of the great costumes. I love that he's just sitting there waiting on him. Look at these. Look at these. I find these guys really scary to to know oh, yeah. that these guys like work for the company and all that. You kind of see their their muscle. Oh. If she's alive, she's in the furnace. She's in the lead works with the beast. Wouldn't wait. Look at his reflection on the his glasses. Jesus Christ! You fucker! Scared me shitless! I had nothing to do with that fucking thing! You fucker! Such amazing camera work. Oh my god! Oh, come on, you bastard. Come on. Come on, get out of here. I guess it's eating him, but yeah it's so upsetting whatever it's doing <laughs> yeah it's just it's not it, like i remember when i brought this up on the um we were talking about covenant how the neomorph was like very visibly eating right all to, to me that doesn't feel like visibly eat like it's, something's going on but it, it's just mauling and yeah but there is that question there which is i it, think is it, it benefits from yeah 
I do love the tail, like, doing all that weird whatever it's doing. That was pretty good to me. Yeah, I was okay. There's a chocolate. Come chocolate. <laughs> Here comes a chocolate. Neca needs to make a chocolate Zeno. Nestle. Nestle Zeno. Hershey yeah. Zeno. I would eat that in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> the suit looks so great, though. I had a poster. Of, there's a poster for Alien 3 of just Woodruff in the suit that I thought was awesome. I had that for a long time. I know the poster you're talking about. And then um, I had one of just Sigourney. Xander's pointing out that the whip noise of the tail is the same as the queen in Aliens. And you're absolutely right, my friend. That must be the, that sounds like the exact same sound effect. It makes sense because they, they, you know, sound designers have a library that they just kind of pull from. Um, sometimes the studio has it and sometimes the designer themselves have it. That's probably like a Fox studio effect that they had saved from that shoot and just use it for this. That's a good shot. This is just some of the best stuff. That horn, don't, 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 it's kind of funny. <laughs> it is good, it's kind of funny, it's cute. There's gonna be 10 tons of hot lead in the air. I love this shot so much. We got a deal. Remember, it dies first, then you. I'm not gonna move without you. Now get going. Charges of oh. Fuck you. Great shot too with the smoke. Just obscuring him enough. More of that sort of almost like industrial rock percussion. Me after Chipotle. Xander asked, what did they use for the lead? I believe that was chocolate sauce to match <laughs> the chocolate. The area. same chocolate they made the alien with. It's human feces, actually. I fucking love that. Oh. 
this entire sequence just sings. Everything is so perfect. It reminds me of Alien Resurrection when Jonner and Varese are climbing up the stair, the, the ladder, and. Oh, here it comes. Oh, oh, that hilarious music cue. What was that? I don't know. It's like... Yeah. Didn't you point Fisher that out Price once? xylophone, yeah. Yeah, you pointed it out once, right? Yeah, it's so like bizarre. Oh, but here comes the best really music. Oh, this is great. Oh, fucking love this music so much. The only CG shot coming up right there. Oh, Rhapsodic. That was a, a very interesting cut, how it repeats itself three times. I think the chocolate shots are CG too. No. Oh. On the roof. <laughs> On the ceiling. That was practical chocolate. Weren't those CG? No. There's, that was the cracking of the of the of the dome is the only CG in the movie. Right. Oh. It's such a satisfying explosion too. It's like, yeah, take that. Is that the, the chains? Puppet? Yeah. Why does it look like chocolate? I don't know because of the comp, comp the way they composited it into this into the actual film. It just didn't they didn't do a good job on it wow. for whatever reason. Which is so weird because Alien and Aliens were so top level. And, and no, you think they're by earlier Alien three they could just perfect it. Instead, they take ten steps back and it looks like fucking never-ending story. Don't come any closer. Wait. They had to help. Stay where you are! Ripley. Bishop. I'm here to help you. No more bullshit. I just felt it move. You know who I am? You're a droid. Same model as Bishop. Sent by the fucking company. No. I'm not the Bishop android. I designed it. I'm very human. The company sent me here to show you a friendly face. Even more impressive, this is actually the animatronic. And... <laughs> me. I just want to take it back. It was the Stan Winston one. I not take you home. Bullshit. Incredible. You're wrong. You want to help? What does that mean? We're going to take that out of you. Keep it. Can't allow it to live. Everything we know would be in jeopardy. You don't want to take it back? Ripley, time is important. Let us deal with the malignancy. We've got a surgical base set up on the rescue ship. Come with me. It's very quick. Painless. A couple of incisions, you'll be out for two hours. And then it's over. You still can have a life. Children. And most important, you'll know it's dead. Let me help you. What guarantee do I have? Xander's asking if we all believe Once that they could take the alien out, in theory. They'll destroy it. Oh, for sure. I yeah. think they could. I, don't, I think that they 
would choose to kill her though in the process oh yeah for sure. yeah they she knows too much Please. oh do i think oh i'm sorry do i think they could take the 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 alien out of ripley's chest the i, I kind of don't i think i think it would kill her in the process that's just my i think that they would have put a lot of r d into figuring out how to do that theoretically because mm -hmm. it was so critical to like their cause to make lots of them well i mean if they can do open heart surgery and you know cut through people's sternums they can yeah. do the same thing and remove it you know like help me stop you know and just remove uh, a, an organism or a tumor it's the same principle. yeah yeah except this is filled with acid so that could be that could be tough I was really genuinely saddened me. Because, you know, he was going to go home, too, you know? Yeah, just his wife and his kid, you know? He was just a simple oh, guy. It's my favorite theme in the movie. This stuff. I love that theme. Ripley, think I'm all you can learn from. It's the chance of a lifetime. You must let me have it. I think that's Ripley's music. No pictures. I love that Again, the camera is still like huge. It's hilarious. <laughs> Never get that DSA thing that we had in the beginning of the movie. You're crazy. What are you doing? My favorite music cue. I don't want to talk over music <laughs> that's what I want to say <laughs> it's just so beautiful but I think that's significantly worse than the ending of the theatrical cut and that's to me the definitive reason why the theatrical cut is my preferred cut what was the difference the shot is different so in the yeah, that I remember cut, right we get that super like ridiculous depth of feel or, or, or width right so it looks like she's jumping into the surface of some other world made of fire but also the fact that, of course that the embryo comes out Yes. Um, and we just get more time with it, so it just lasts longer, and it feels like this like longer goodbye. Hmm. I remember crying my fucking eyes out the first time I saw this part. Hmm. I mean, this is crushing. It is. Last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off.
It's a feel-good movie for the family, y'all. <laughs> uh, something I was going to say at the end is when I see Lance Henriksen, Lance Henriksen in this movie, I'm reminded of this TV show that I was obsessed with that he did with Chris Carter, the singer of the, the Millennium. Yeah. Millennium, yeah, that I just loved. And I can't find it anywhere. Like, I don't yeah. know how to watch it. It doesn't, it's, like, exist anywhere now. I think it was only two seasons. You can buy the DVDs. Um, like I had on, them. I know, and I lost them, and I, I can't find them now. I, yeah. No. Like, I don't think they're on Amazon. You have to probably torrent it, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, Millennium was fascinating. It was so dark, too. It was great. It was, like, that, the scary parts of the X-Files, but yeah. only that and scarier. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they finished his story on the X-Files. Did you, you, you know that? So towards the... No. Like, in, season ten, in season eight of the X-Files, they meet Frank Black. And they kind of close... Chris Carter closes his story out. Really? I didn't know that. Because you're not a fan? <laughs> I'm not... I'm, I'm honestly not a big X-Files Because you're person. a huge poser. I'm fucking... But, I love the <laughs> X-Files, except for... I, I am a millennium like, person. Season, season 10 was just garbage. I didn't even watch after the first episode this was awesome yeah, you know what was well, awesome about it was sitting with you here with you guys and talking like like it was your yeah. friends and like talking about a movie that you love um, it was great don't yeah. get better than that <laughs> um happy alien day everyone if you're listening day. to this on alien day uh which you're probably not because it's coming out on alien day so you'd have to also watch that day regardless from all of us here at perfect organism a very happy Alien Day 2022 to everyone out there. You are the lights in our universe, and you are friends and family, and we're so grateful for you. And uh, and and thank you especially to our patrons who support us all the time. And you guys are just uh, just the best. So thank you, everybody. Yes. Thanks for being on, Xander. And Mash. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Xander. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thank you all. We'll talk soon. All right, unless. To find out more information about Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please go to www.perfectorganism.com. If you would like to support the show, please go to www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.